What's up, my podcast listeners? This is a flashback Friday episode to episode 285, where I talk about this concept of recovery. It is what I believe probably one of the most vital things to focus on when we want to see success and fat loss, weight loss, strength, whatever it is, we need to be able to recover from all the stresses that we put into our body. So without further ado, flashback Friday to episode 285. And I think the topic of recovery is where a lot of people are missing their mark when it comes to success. You know, when you look at our fitness society in general, it almost seems like you need to put yourself through pain to see any kind of return on your health. Like if you are not sweating, dripping wet by the end of your workout, if you feel like you almost had to pass out at one point, if those things are not accomplished, you're you failed in your workout. You've didn't like you didn't push yourself enough to you know what fitness society thinks is a standard when it comes to exercise. But if you really think about it, and if you really, really look into the science behind human physiology and how our body works, our bodies only get better when we recover from any kind of stress you put to it. If you continually put stress into the body, your body is going to be like, fuck this. I'm going to send signals to the rest of your body to slow you down. And if you think about the people who don't sleep and work high-stress jobs and then come home with a stressful home environment, those people are miserable, like miserable. And that's their body sending signals to slow the fuck down. So when it comes to workouts, it's a stress to your body. And your workout is only as good as if you can recover from it. So then when you go back to it and you do the same workout, your body had enough time to recover from the first go around to be prepared for the stress again. And that's where the whole idea of progressive overload comes. So I was just talking about this in my mentorship with all these coaches about how programming works. If you look at the history of programming, you know, back in 1940-something, I can't remember the exact year, but during World War II, a physician figured out that when he was done surgery with all these soldiers, to get them back to where they were, he figured out that progressive overload with exercise made them feel better, move better, and get their strength back. But it was slow progression, and it was a calculated progression. And this was the first kind of like form of strength training, even though it was worked in the rehab world. And 
a side note, a lot of stuff from the rehab world gets translated to um, the strength and conditioning world. And sometimes it works out really well, and sometimes it's it just fucks shit up. But anyway, um, going back to the whole idea of progressive overload, this is where the percentage of intensity comes into play. If you yourself, the trainer, is used to having these high-intensity workouts and you can recover from it, and then you decide to create a program that you follow yourself and think is hard and you get sore, but you can recover from it, imagine what happens when you give that to a general population person and their training age is like zero, you know? So, going back. Your workouts are only as good as if you can recover from them. So you going to a boot camp or following your friend's program that they found online or they designed themselves when you guys go to the gym together might not be the best choice for you. You know, a lot of people do more than they actually need to. Like, think about it. What's the mo like minimal dose to get to where you want to go? You know, like, you can boil water at 100 degrees, and you can also boil water at 50. So if both methods get to the end goal, one may be faster than the other, but one that might be faster is actually burning through a lot more energy compared to, you know, the other option of 50 degrees. So when you reach that boiling point and you just continually keep boiling like water is boiled like there's nothing else out there like you don't have to keep going so when it comes to this idea of training find the minimal dose just because your friend is working out for 90 minutes every single day doesn't mean that you need to do the same thing in order to achieve your results if you decide to work out 90 minutes a day and you're feeling sore as shit, you feel tired than you, more tired than you were before, you obviously did way too much volume, right? And this is where the science of training comes in. Like, you want to find that dose right before you're like, holy shit, that's way too much, and stay right below it and slowly push that ceiling until you're able to keep progressing and eventually do the volume of someone that's been training for years. And this goes into something called um, your training age. So for myself personally, I have, you know, probably 15 to 20 years. Let's go 15 years. I'm like getting ahead of myself here. 15 years of training age, meaning I've been consistently working out for 15 years and with that comes you know, experience and also adaptability to the stresses in the weight room. So comparing it to a person who's never worked out in their life or hasn't worked out in two decades and they start going to the gym, their training age is zero. If I gave that same person my workout, they would be destroyed and their body would go into like red flag mode, like holy fuck what's going on. So that's why you need to figure out where your threshold is and don't go beyond it. If you're constantly pushing the threshold, it goes back to this analogy of like, you have a glass cup and you can fill it with water. 
at the bottom of the glass cup is a small, small little hole that represents your body, you know, de-stressing constantly, so then you can be in a state of homeostasis. When you start pouring more stress and more stress, that cup keeps overflowing, and your body can't keep up with the amount of stress to go back to homeostasis. So what happens? Fuck a host of things at a physiology level, right? Your sleep gets terrible. You can actually gain weight. Even though you're working out like six days a week, you can be gaining weight from that because it's a stress. You can lose your appetite. You could be more hungry, which causes you to eat more, and the weight gain even happens even more than that. And then say, let's just throw this whole thing in the equation. Say you are a woman in her early 50s trying to lose weight, and now you're going through all these different hormonal changes, and then you're adding the stress of a shit ton of exercise that you can't recover from. It doesn't make sense, right? Something as simple as like, let's find the happy medium of too much exercise and just the right amount. So if you're a person that's constantly working out seven days a week and constantly going balls to the wall to, you know, accomplish what, what you think your goal is, you're probably going in the wrong direction. And I've seen this so many times where people will work out every single day of the week and not lose a pound. There's always an underlying thing to why but the first thing that I look at is, are, is the individual actually recovering from all the stress they're putting in? So now here's the other thing. What are you doing to um, you know, recover from that stress? And the first place I look at is sleep. These same people that want to train as many times as possible during the week to lose weight, to get fit, to get back to where they were before, sleep like shit. And they don't even know it. When I ask them, like, oh, how many hours a week do you sleep? They're like, oh, you know, I sleep pretty good. I get, like, six hours. And I'm like, six hours. What the fuck? <laughs> and then when I investigate a little bit further, that six hours is, like, a light sleep. They're tossing and turning. Sometimes they wake up in the middle of the night, can't get back to sleep. Or they do go to sleep at a reasonable hour, but falling asleep takes forever. And then they average six hours of in and out of sleep. So what's the problem there? They're, they're not recovering from their workouts because of sleep. If you look at high-end athletes where their training hours per week is anywhere from 20 to 30 hours, they're sleeping in the middle of the day to recover. They're doing other strategies to recover. Every elite athlete knows that in order for them to excel at their sport, they have to recover as quick as possible to meet the demand on their body from their sport. So why can't we look at elite athletes and apply the same rules to ourselves? When we look at quality sleep, it plays a huge role in your success. Sleep regulates all of our freaking hormones. Sleep is so important. Think about the times where you've flown out of the country, had connecting flights, caught a red eye, didn't sleep on the plane at all, then you got sick and it took forever to get back to normal. That's how much sleep can affect you, right? 
if you look up Ariana Huffington, the woman who started Huffington Post, she wrote an entire book about her experience with the lack of sleep. She was at a point where she was trying to build her business and she was literally passing out in meetings to a point where she passed out, smoked her head on the table and gave herself a concussion and woke up in the hospital. And every single doctor was like, you just need to sleep. There was another CEO of a company that I can't remember anymore, but he was the same thing. He was like sleeping four to five hours a night to excel his company. And then he got terribly sick, terribly. And then one of the doctors said, you need to go on vacation and just sleep. And when he went on vacation and went to sleep, he ended up sleeping 48 hours straight. Like, people don't understand how vital sleep can be for your body. So imagine all the stress you take on a daily basis, from work, from home life, to freaking what you put yourself through the gym. You need time to recover. The moment you start sleeping eight to nine hours a day will make a whole world of difference. You'll find yourself freaking waking up before your alarm. And I went through this myself. When I first started in the industry, I was waking up at 4.30 every single day. Not Monday to Friday, Monday through Sunday, working with clients to build my own business. And it took a toll on me, like, I felt terrible, just terrible. I had no energy, I forced myself to work out because that's what I thought it was good for me. The moment I started switching my schedule and waking up a little bit later, now I go into work and my business, like, I could take over the world. But again, there's always the outliers where they can work off six hours and be good, but think about optimal health levels. I'm always talking to clients about you want to be optimal and not just good enough. So what's going to take you from like just skimming by and being optimal? You need recovery strategies. This holds true when it comes to fat loss, strength, power, whatever your goal is. So my challenge to all of you is to start thinking about some recovery strategy you can implement. Something as simple as like going to bed 30 minutes earlier than you did before will make a huge difference. So that's it for me, you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed my little ramble about recovery. I love you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Hit the show notes. Add me on Facebook. I'm going to say what's up. You guys are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Till next time.